Welcome to the Power Pulse podcast series brought to you by Standard Bank. Well, it's a warm welcome to Rensha von Tonda and Barry de Jager, uh, both from Standard Bank. And we're going to be talking this morning or in this podcast about the new digital platform, Power Pulse, which Standard Bank is introducing or has introduced rather for its clients, uh, putting them together with technical solution providers. It's all, Rencher, focused on the whole new world that we're entering into on the supply of power. Uh, ironically, on the morning that we are doing this interview, we hear that there's been an explosion at uh, Madupi, so more problems in the power supply situation. It seems as though maybe the changes have come just in time. Thanks, Alec, and thanks for having us. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting time for South Africa, and I think we've been experiencing electricity supply challenges for the last few years with a significant uh, uptick in load shedding in 2020. I think the worst we've seen ever, um, which is really worrying, especially in terms of industry and economic growth going forward. We've had a lot of these anagrams, IRP, the REIPP, the RMIPP. I think IPP, everybody knows independent power producers, but there are all of these ideas and plans and projects are many of them coming to fruition and indeed uh, to the degree that they can sort this out yeah it's very important for us to keep momentum as a country i mean the integrated resource plan was gazetted in uh, 2019 and it really outlines the roadmap for south africa in terms of future supply um taking us to 30 gigawatts However, we've seen um, a, a slow rollout. Uh, we're busy with uh, RMIPP, which is the risk mitigation program, 2,000 megawatts that need to reach financial close uh, at the moment, end of September. And then we got the renewable um, energy IPP program, REAP, uh, going into round five with bid submission actually next week, the 16th of August. Um, all of these projects are extremely important to, to stay on track. And I think, you know, a big concern if we can't manage to, to have uh, bids going in, financial close and reaching COD on a, on a regular basis to be able to ensure that we have new capacity coming on stream uh, regularly. But it, it really has changed a lot over the last five years. Are we at a point now where the country is less vulnerable? No, I don't think so. Until we, we know that we have the additional capacity committed and, and when they will reach COD, uh, we cannot really relax. I think what we see is that the energy availability factor from the ESCOM fleet is not really recovering. And I think it's understandably because the, the fleet is quite old. So the sooner we have new capacity coming online, the better. And I think uh, we definitely have to keep momentum in procuring more uh, generation capacity. COD? Uh, commercial operation date for, for these projects. Okay. Well, Barry, let's uh, bring you in here. The whole idea, I guess, is that we've come from a situation where power generation was centralized. Now there's a shift towards more decentralized. It's almost like an ideological shift, though. Yeah, look, um, I'm very excited about the shift that we've seen away from the large centralized systems into the decentralized uh, energy space. 
you know, what we see nowadays is that businesses are really taking power matters into their own hands. And then in the process, they also putting money back into their own uh, pockets. You know, so you, you do sit in a situation that when you look at Standard Bank and clients, I mean, you know that from Standard Bank's perspective, we're really trying to enable clients to grow. But if a client doesn't have electricity and access to uh, reliable and affordable electricity, it's really becoming uh, challenging. Um, you know, so our focus in this regard is really to say, how do we enable clients? How do we help them? to take this leap into the decentralized energy world and then start generating own electricity on the way forward. So why did you identify this as a, a focus area? And you did mention Standard Bank. Uh, so let's let's get into the bank's role and, and what you intend uh, to be doing here. Yeah, you know, they, they, they say that um, power, you know, to a company is like uh, oxygen is to trees. Uh, you know, if you don't have it, you, you can't live and you can't operate. So for us, it's really around sustainable business performance of companies and to, to, to help them. I think globally, um, when you look at this decentralized environment, uh, there's certain thrusts that that we are observing, uh, you know, and those are mainly things like decentralization, decarbonization, and and digitization, and and we believe that we can help clients, uh, you know, to address those things. Uh, when you look at things like decentralization, um, we know that nowadays it's it's really possible, and I could add viable, you know, for businesses to generate at least some of their power requirements. On, on their side of the meter. Uh, we find that uh, the most popular way of doing it is really through grid-tied systems where they effectively co-generate uh, their own electricity. On the decarbonization side, uh, we know the challenges around climate change. South Africa is a signatory to uh, the Paris Accord. Uh, we hear new terminology like net zero carbon goals, etc. But I guess ultimately each and every corporate citizen really wants to play a role in minimizing its carbon footprint. And you can do that through generation of your, your own electricity. And then of course the digitization part that I mentioned, you know, if you look at digitization, um, we are very fortunate to live in the digital age where it's relatively simple and affordable to collect data and then use that data to make decisions. So whether that decision is around behavior on power consumption uh, and whether it's about understanding your own power consumption pattern and generating energy, you know, in line with that, through proper digitization, you can make a massive difference in that regard. Yeah, there's so much more information that's available now and, and needed. We need it because, uh, as we know, Rencher, there's a, a change in what companies can do. In the past, only one megawatt before, uh, of power self-generation before you could, uh, well, before you had to ask for a license. Now that's gone up to 100 megawatt or has it? What's the process there? How far down that line are we? Yeah, Alec, we, we're definitely very excited about the announcement by the president um, a few months ago, uh, allowing companies to be able to do generation and also wheel electricity through the grid without requiring a license. However, 
We're still waiting for Schedule 2, which is uh, effectively going to stipulate exactly what the requirements are in terms of the uh, Electricity Regulatory Act. Um, and that is imminent now. So we hope to see that within the next few weeks, as per the commitment by the president, when he indicated 60 days. How important is it, though? Because certainly one megawatt doesn't sound like much a power, and, but maybe you can give us an understanding. Would that, for instance, uh, power a, a shopping center or would a shopping center need 100 megawatts? And then perhaps, uh, you know, we can, we can look at broader sectors after that. Yeah, I think the, the one megawatt threshold previously was uh, already, you know, acceptable for small entities and for clients that are looking for a rooftop type of, of solution. However, what we did find was that, especially for larger scale manufacturing entities like your mining companies or even the paper industry, the packaging industry, when they wanted to do a larger scale type of, of self-generation facility, it was quite problematic. So what we see now is that, for example, a mining company that utilized, let's say, between 500 and 1,000 megawatts, you know, they can start to do own generation even if they have sites in different uh, areas in the country that they will be able to do a 100 megawatt and then wheel, so use the electricity grid to transport the electricity from point A to point B. How exactly all of that will work and how you know the requirements will stack up in terms of the registration with NERSA, whether we have uh, transparent um, agreements, and how do we go by in terms of grid compliance? I mean, all of that is still um, expected to be to be clarified, but definitely something positive that all of us are looking forward to. And I think the benefit here is that it can address in the short term some of the supply challenges that we currently see in the country, especially for industry supporting economic growth. So why is there a limit of 100 megawatts? Why isn't it 50 or maybe 1,000 megawatts? I think it's important to note the, the importance of, you know, balancing the grid, understanding exactly what do you allow into the grid. So uh, what you need here is still a grid compliance certificate and sign off from ESCOM. I think it's important to understand that this system always needs to be balanced and that they need to be a proper management of the system. So especially if you are still a grid tight a client, I think it's important to have limits in place to be able to manage it better. However, this could change as we go through a sector reform and see the power sector change over a period of time going into the future. We may see these limits um, being lifted or even being um, changed as we see. It's an interesting story indeed. Barry, from your perspective, have you seen, for instance, the mining sector now wanting to, to go ahead? And I ask this because in a recent conversation with Neil Froneman uh, of uh, Sebanya Stillwater, he was complaining how for many, many years he'd been applying for a license so that the company here in South Africa could generate its own electricity and hadn't been able to. And so he was, uh, not surprisingly, celebrating at the 100 megawatt uh, um, ability. Uh, have you seen other mining companies or indeed uh, interest from them to, to get cracking on this? Yeah, indeed. I think what we have seen is that ESG um, in general is very close to mining companies. Uh, you know, it's very important for them 
uh, environmentally, especially to try and make a difference. And then the sustainability part is also key, you know, to have electricity available when they require it. So when you do look at mines, the systems that uh, might be attractive to them will typically be larger systems, not necessarily uh, grid tight, but with suitable uh, blend of energy resources, etc. And therefore they need a scale. And, and effectively, uh, this will create an opportunity for them to scale up. So now getting to the one of the purposes of this discussion, the whole new digital platform, Power Pulse, what is it about? Where did the idea come from? Yeah, it's been a very interesting journey for us. Um, as a bank, um, you know, for the past five or so years, we've been aware that there is a requirement amongst clients uh, to come up with appropriate solutions. But what we found is that it's a very complex ecosystem of players. Uh, you have to partner with the right uh, suppliers, the EPCs, the engineering procurement contractors. Uh, you have to have a proper understanding of your own needs, and then you need to have proper integration. So with that awareness, uh, we realize that there must be an opportunity and a need to really bring clients or users of energy uh, together into an environment where they could be partnered uh, with trusted suppliers um, and that we've done through this digital platform that we call PowerPulse. Uh, only Standard Bank clients? For the moment, we're happy to look uh, quite wider. Um, I think when it comes to Standard Bank clients, obviously we've got a deep understanding of their unique needs. We've got established uh, relationships and we've got access to information. Um, and, you know, in future podcasts, we will elaborate a bit more on the details of the program. But for the moment, um, it's really around creating the awareness around PowerPulse as an opportunity to effectively integrate all of those various suppliers. And the suppliers on the other end of the scale have all been through some kind of a filtering process, presumably. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, there's a very big ecosystem of players uh, in the market. Uh, this uh, proposition really focuses on the commercial industrial uh, type of clients. I would say uh, 200 uh, kilowatt peaks to about a megawatt peak and slightly upwards, etc. And uh, in that market, it is very important to partner with the right op operator who is typically an electrical engineer, etc. And on the platform, we do have a process of onboarding of those uh, preferred supplies. Barry Diaka is the Head of Natural Resources and for Business and Commercial Clients at Standard Bank. And you also heard from Rencha Fantonde, who's Head of Power for Wholesale Clients. PowerPulse by Standard Bank is an end-to-end -end online solution built to match businesses with trusted suppliers and deliver the right technical, legal and funding solutions. For more details, email us at powerpulse at standardbank.co.za.